a gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Religion Today with Martin Tanner, a weekly look at religion and spirituality here at home and around the world. Now, here's your host, Martin Tanner. Welcome. This is Religion Today. I'm your host, Martin Tanner. Today, I thought I would share with you some statistics and information, which I from time to time search out on the internet and in other places that I thought you might find interesting. Some of the most interesting ones are statistics that come from Google searches about religious topics. At any rate, if you like this show, let me know. If you don't care for it, you can certainly let me know that as well. If you have a question or comment about this, or any other religious subject, uh, feel free to be in touch. My email address is martinstanner at gmail.com, martinstanner at gmail.com. The world's population is currently about 7.8 billion. About seven-eighths of the world's population are religious. That is an extraordinary number. Here's how it breaks down. About 2.4 billion of the world's population, that's about a third, are Christians, self-identified Christians. That's all Christian denominations, not just one or two. The next largest religion by category is Islam. And Islam, of course, like Christianity, has a number of different factions within it, Shiites, Sunnis, and a number of other smaller ones as well. 1.8 billion Muslims live in the world. The next largest number of adherents to a single faith would be Hindu, with 1.2 billion members or adherents. Buddhists make up about... 507 million, about half a billion. And Judaism, there are about 15 million Jews in the world. Fascinatingly enough, for many of you listening, there are more Latter-day Saints in the world now than there are Jews or Baptists. Let's talk about books, because, of course, books are key in all religions. What book is the most widely printed and read book throughout world history? That would, of course, be the Bible. Approximately 3.9 billion Bibles have been printed or copied. 
and either purchased or sold or given away. Quran comes in at approximately half that number, about $1.9 billion. The Quran is, is a single-author book. It's one that was not put together by Muhammad, but Muhammad spoke truths which he claimed were given him by God, and then those who heard them wrote them down, and those were all assembled, and that is the description of where the Quran came from. The third most published and read book in the world is sort of a counterbalance to the first two. It is the quotations of Chairman Mao Tung, who is the originator of the communist revolution in China. And there are about 820 million copies of his book, quotations of Chairman Mao Zedong, that have been published and presumably read behind the Iron Curtain in China. The fourth most published and read book is also religious. Some of you will know of it. Many of you will not. 620 million copies, approximately, of the Bhagavad Gita have been published. The Bhagavad Gita is the Hindu equivalent of the Bible. Talks about the Hindu gods, the origin of the world, and so forth. Its origins are a bit obscure. It was written approximately 200 BC, give or take two or 300 years either way. The Bhagavad Gita really is a dialogue between a prince, Prince Arjun, and Krishna. Krishna is the supreme Hindu god. He has qualities of protection, of love, wisdom, and so forth. He looks very much like, well, in some ways, like the god of Christianity and Judaism. Then we get to book number five. This is the first book that is not religious, that's in the list of the most published and most read books in the history of the world. And that would be if you add up all of the Harry Potter books by J.K. Rowling. They would come in at number five. 400 million Harry Potter books have been printed, published, and read throughout throughout the world. Interestingly enough, the next book on the list is The Little Prince, which is a French book by Antoine de Saint-Exupéry, 205 million copies. And then we have at number seven, Charles Dickens' Tale of Two Cities at approximately 200 million. At number eight, The Book of Mormon at 190 million. And then if you look at just single volumes, uh, number nine would be J.K. Rowling's Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone. At 10, you have a non-religious book, Agatha Christie's, and then there were none. We have a book that's kind of a, a drama about a family by Zhao Queen called The Dream of the Red Chamber that sold 100 million copies. The Hobbit comes in at 12 with 100 million at 13, you have another religious book, or at least somewhat religious, Dan Brown, The Da Vinci Code. And at number 14, another book that has a religious tie-in that many of you will find fascinating. Some of you might know this, many of you might not, the Twilight Saga series. You've probably seen or at least heard of all of those vampire movies. They were made 
from a series of books written by Stephanie Meyer, who's a Latter-day Saint, who went to Brigham Young University. Sold 43 million copies, the Twilight Saga series. That's about a third more than number 15, Gone with the Wind by Margaret Mitchell. Napoleon Hill's Think and Grow Rich comes in at number 16. Number 17 is a book that's kind of religious and kind of not the Diary of Anne Frank, which I have always felt a great affinity towards. I visited the home where it was written at one point in time uh, many decades ago, young Jewish girl who was ultimately killed in the concentration camps. Um, she died of typhoid, but she was killed because of all the hardships. All right. Next, after those most read books and statistics about books, I thought I would read some of the most asked questions about religion. And these questions are not necessarily in order of the most popular, but these are some of the questions that are asked on Google and in some other popular places in polls, Gallup polls, Pew research studies and polls that I think are quite uh, telling. One of those is, is there a heaven? So many people seem to have a question about that. Is there a hell? And if there are, if you claim there are, what do they look like? The short answer by people who claim to have been there or claim to have seen them would be that heaven looks very much like the earth does, only brighter and more glorious and more wonderful, free of cares. But according to near-death experiences and similar kinds of descriptions, we have heaven as being a place similar to earth with plants, animals, trees, buildings, books, places of learning, and so forth. What about hell? Well, we don't have many descriptions about that other than a few in near-death experiences and some that have been concocted up by those in the Bible, and they just describe it as a gloomy place where people are introverted and introspected, dealing with issues and problems. All right, when we come back, more about religious tidbits and trivia. Stay tuned. I'm Martin Tanner. This is Religion Today. Religion Today with Martin Tanner continues. On KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. We're back. I'm Martin Tanner. This is Religion Today. Our show today centers around religious facts or factoids, if you will, some statistics and information about religion that you may or may not find interesting. I, I hope you do. Some of these are questions from Gallup polls, from Pew Research questions, and from Google search questions that have been the very, very most that have been made to deal with religious questions. When we took our break, we talked about heaven and hell. Another question that comes up an incredible amount in Google searches is, what does amen mean? And the answer is that it means an affirmation or yes or I agree. Many people think it just, think it just means 
the end, but it doesn't. Amen actually means, and I agree. It comes ultimately from a Jewish word that was translated into a Greek word and then into Latin and English. The actual sound of the word hasn't changed too much. It was amen and then amen and then amen, and now it's kind of amen again for most. Another Google search question is, can one believe in God and not attend church? Well, many people do fit into that category. A similar question is, what's the best part of going to church or why do people attend church? What benefit do you get out of it? And the short answer to that, I'm going to answer by focusing on statistics. There was a time about 50 years ago when psychiatrists and psychologists believed that religion was a mental crutch and that people who were involved in religion had mental problems that they needed religion to sort out. And the general consensus was that those who who were religious would not be as mentally stable as those who were not. And it turns out that after careful research, some of it by Latter-day Saints at places like Columbia and Brigham Young University, it has now been shown in a number of research studies that have been replicated over and over and over again that people who are self-professed religious, in other words, they believe in God and they are actively involved in a religion, meaning they attend church at least once a month. Those people have higher scores in terms of their psychological well-being. They are more self-secure. They're more self-confident. They have fewer problems and issues that they need to work out. So there is a provable benefit to going to church and to having a religious belief. It also happens to be true that religion gives a person values and a sense of family and belonging. And of course, values are something, a code of ethics, a guide that that's something that's very important for everyone. Because if you do not have a guide, if you do not have a series of principles in which you believe, then you are essentially rudderless. And that takes away meaning from life. So why might someone ask, should I have religious values and not some other secular value? Because secular values tend to be very self-centered. Religious values tend to focus on helping others and being altruistic. And it turns out, according to psychological studies, that people who are altruistic are happier and healthier mentally and physically. Another often Googled question is, what is the Bible and what is the coolest story in the Bible? Uh, I'm not sure I can answer the coolest story, but of course the Bible is a compilation of religious books that don't in many ways have a huge tie one to another. There's, of course, Genesis, which talks about beginnings, and then the 
other books of Moses dealing with the escape of the Jews from Egypt. One of the other most fascinating questions that is Googled a lot that to me seems a bit tragic is, what can millennials get out of religion? And the short answer is, all the things that I just mentioned, mental well-being, a series of virtues or guidelines to follow, a way to guide your life to make it happy that has been self-proven for thousands of years. Here's another question. This comes up often in Google searches. How can there be a God with all the chaos, bad news on TV, and horrible things that are happening in the world? And the short answer is God allows free agency. And it's also through seeing and experiencing horrible things that you understand the wonderfulness of good times and good experiences. Another question that comes up often is, what is the Salvation Army? This is a great question because many people think the Salvation Army is some charitable organization. And in a way it is. They, of course, collect a lot of Christmas time and help the disadvantaged. But the Salvation Army is a church. It is a Christian denomination. Hence the word salvation. The Salvation Army is literally a Christian church that focuses a great deal on helping people with addictions and homelessness and other problems. Another often Googled question is, what are the seven deadly sins? Many people don't think about them or ask that question, but it's a great question to ask. And here they are. The traditional seven are lust, dealing with sexual indulgence, gluttony, dealing with food indulgence, greed, sloth, wrath, meaning anger, of course, envy, and pride. Historically, there were actually two more. There were seven deadly sins plus two others. One is acidia, which literally means without a care, which is sort of woven back into the sloth idea. If you don't care, I guess you're slothful. And the ninth one is vainglory, which is unjustified boasting. And I guess in a way uh, that is similar to pride. So they were sort of folded into those recent seven Another fascinating question is, what is Unitarianism? Well, it's a Christian denomination that happened or was created in the 1870s that believes in one God. Jesus is the Savior, but he's not God. There's only one God. It's a fascinating sect. Another question that comes up quite often is, what is Mormonism? Well, Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints believes in a restored gospel. Jehovah's Witnesses, who are they, is another question. That's another fairly recent denomination that has a different idea about the nature of God that is not Trinitarian. Um, What did Jesus look like is something that is often Googled, and that's a fascinating question. 
Most of the photos would not look like Jesus because according to the time of Jesus, young Jewish men were clean-shaven. He would have not had a beard. And he would have had a robe that went down to his knees, not his ankles, and went down to his elbows, not all the way to his wrists. How do we know that? The earliest depictions of Jesus in the first several centuries after Jesus' life that we find in Christian churches show him depicted that way. Well, that's about all the time we have for today. I hope you enjoyed this program about statistics and information pertaining to religion. Join me next week. I'm Martin Tanner. This is Religion Today. A gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts.